Hi, I'm glad to be here today speaking with you. And this is Susan Smith-Nash, and I'm here to share a few thoughts on e-learning. Now, if you happened to go by the podcast earlier and you heard the presence of a doppelganger, <laughs> I was made aware that somehow I had recorded over myself instead of um, putting the tracks in sequential order, I had stacked them on top of each other. So you had multi-track Susan and I know it was probably disconcerting. So thank you for coming back and, and for listening to this. And I guess I was like collaborating with myself and it was a failure, which is a nice segue to this thing, which is why online collaborations fail. And I thought I'd start by just um, sharing with you the results of probably a typical question that you get in your um, from your the people who are working with you and they, they say, well um, what did you think about collaborations? And as an instructor you're probably saying, oh yeah they're good, it's a good thing but then probably somewhere deep down you're wondering what am I thinking? Um, collaborations are tough at least they're tough to implement and if you ask online students if there's anything they like disliked in their last online course, it's usually um, the work the work groups or the collaboration groups. And it's funny because it's probably the opposite of what you would expect because if you just read theory and and sort of the the journals, everybody says, Oh yeah, online learning communities are great, people love them and it's all fabulous to do online collaborations. Um, and that's great. I mean, probably to a certain degree in it's accurate. For example, discussion boards work really well, um, especially when there's a good facilitator and the nature of the questions um, really ties with, with the course content. But if you ask them about, about collaborations where they have to work with each other to do like a, a joint project, it's another story. And the experience can be so negative that it taints the learner's perception of the entire course. So that's really a bad thing as, as an, a learner, as an instructor, as an instructional designer. But then the question is, what happened? Another question would be, what went wrong? And the answer to that takes a little bit of probing. It takes several iterations of, of doing online collaborations just to really see what the nature of, of the problems um, is. First of all, and I think this is probably what happens most, the collaboration itself is too complicated. The project takes too many steps to reach the final outcome. The complexity makes it extremely difficult to understand and to delegate work. And, you know, even more so, it makes it difficult to set achievable goals. So instead of requiring one large group project, um, one answer would be to ask the group to do four or five small group projects that require just two or three steps, not just like dozens of steps to get to one massive output. It's really daunting. 
to look at a giant thing that has to be presented um, fait accompli at the end um, then the second thing time conflicts required collaborations do not reflect the real time commitments of the participants nor do they reflect schedules or time zone differences so that just sets the um, members of the team on a, on a kind of different tra trajectory if they are expected to make deadlines that they can't or if they can't communicate in a way that, that the other team members need in order to get to the end product. So one solution would be give the team at least a week to do each project, no matter how small the project, then ask the individual team members what they were doing to find out and accommodate each other's time constraints. Another big problem, friction between team members. So like team members disagree, they express frustration, sometimes they stop communicating altogether. And in some cases, one team member may be deliberately obstructive, another might be like really critical, or, or another might be debating endlessly small points or or and this is the most common thing um, the person just sort of like opts out or refuses to contribute anything at all which is immensely frustrating because the grade is based on the group thing and so what it does is it forces other people to do um, do the work of, of the slackers but what happens instead of working on the problem the the outcome the energy of the group is spent in conflict resolution, <laughs> or, you know, in more likely cases, conflict escalation. Some members drop out. Others find they become passive when they believe that their input does not matter. And then they just say, okay, well, type A, dominant people, just do the work. <laughs> it's not a good thing. So one solution could be define the roles as well as the tasks, provide guidelines for team member roles, and describe the actions to be taken by the team members. Okay, another thing. Tasks are vague and poorly defined. Although the outcome may be defined and described well, the individual tasks are not clearly defined, nor are they delegated in an effective manner. Tasks are repeated needlessly, and they're done with contradictory results. This is demotivating because if team members are are actually doing each other's work or having to do the same thing over and over, um, the frustration level sets in pretty quickly, and it's hard to see the achievement of goals. So you know, people who are achievement achievement oriented or have achievement needs are demotivated. Um, one thing to do is define and describe the tasks in terms of what needs to be done, how to do it, and how to present the results. Um, another problem, there's no clearly defined goal or outcome. The overall goal or desired outcome may be imprecisely described or defined. It's very important to clearly define the concrete attributes of the goal or the outcome. The length of the work, the structure, content, purpose, format, 
the complexity of the expected response. In other words, get the expectations out there and define them so that you can motivate people so that when they accomplish what they think was expected, they get rewarded, they feel good. Think of room's expectancy theory. Solution. Make sure that the outcome and goals are clearly defined. One possible way would be to use SMART goal setting. I'm thinking of Stephen Covey. <laughs> SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measured, Achievable, Reasonable, and Time-Based. Of course there are downsides to having rigidly defined outcomes. And they can, can inhibit the extremely creative person and they can result in a group product or in that is pretty mediocre because people have felt the need to conform too much. But on the other hand, maybe the part of the, the actual outcome was learning to work in a, an online collaboration. So, you know, that could be defined as one of the outcomes. Another big one, resentment because of lack of work parity. Two words, slacker. That's one word. Second word, overachiever. <laughs> Put those together. <laughs> Resentment. <laughs> Static. Team, team members become angry when the workload is not evenly distributed. Some team members may be perceived as slackers who take credit but refuse to do any work or to pull their weight. The converse can also be true. There can be resentment because one team member could attempt to dominate and not allow individuals to participate in the process. The dominant person may be perceived as a bully, much to his or her surprise. And it's surprising because that person is always the last one to ever suspect that he or she is perceived as a bully. Um, you ask her and she goes, oh, I was just being efficient, or I'm proactive. Or, I'm type A, I can't help it. Well, you know, that's, that's, those are each, you know, the, the um, proactive person has really positive attributes, and the person who thinks and reflects has really positive attributes, too. Um, however, if you put them in a situation where there are no defined roles, they will make their own roles, and the roles are in conflict with each other. So the solution would be, again, list roles, ask people to sign up for the roles, and then say, this is what this role does. These are the behaviors expected of these roles. Um, the, the problem can happen that the atmosphere is competitive rather than collaborative. So group members get caught up in proving that they are, quote, right and the others are not. They don't want to modify any of their work in order to have it mesh or blend with the others. And then what happens is an incoherent whole. Um, so then the solution sounds a lot like the other solution. It's like one solution is, is a good solution for many things. Separate tasks, separate roles, and the end result will be a division of labor. So the division of labor works rather than overlap. 
that way you can kind of eliminate the competition and uh, maximize the cooperation. Another problem is that there are um, often team members who do not feel like they are part of a community of learners or community of practice. And what has happened is there is a failure to bond. Thus, there is a failure to thrive. Collaborations with this problem often never even get off the ground. One solution would be, would be to create a sense of community by asking team members to post photos, details that they'd like to share, um, and start a discussion board or forum specifically for that group. They can discuss current events, items of interest, and, <laughs> coincidentally enough, they could even maybe work on defining, redefining their roles and tasks, which is, is like a beautiful thing. Um, another problem, irrelevant activities. Team members may resist doing activities they perceive to be irrelevant um, in the scheme of things um, in terms of the overall goal or objective they envisioned when they joined the group. Even those who go ahead and, and do the activities may feel resentful. So the solution would be let the team members know how their work ties into the final objective or the project and then how it ties into the larger um, context into a larger world worldview as well. So the relevance is important. The connections are very important. Um, finally, a big problem happens when um, team members get to this final stage and they're looking at their collaborative work. It's a collaborative paper, many many people um, having input, and they come to realize that that their final product is pretty um, oh incoherent. If not incoherent, there's a lack of cohesion, lack of continuity, um, lack of evenness of style. So then they say, hmm, well, this needs to be blended. Well, you can't have standalone components because that's been explained to that, us that it's not allowed. So this needs to have a um, continuous, co coherent um, voice, consistent voice. So then, then the question is, who does the blending? Who does the editing? Who makes it sound as though it were written by a single person? And whoever that it person is, is um, a very lucky person <laughs> if they're masochistic because that means they go in and get to mangle and everybody else is writing. And it hurts people's feelings. They feel um, diminished and their sense of, of autonomy is diminished or, or affected. Their sense of of individuality, of individual achievement is suddenly just um, attenuated, if not absolutely erased. So then the thing that would be motivating, the sense of achievement, individual achievement, the sense of, of achie having accomplished a goal, the sense of, of being able to um, create a certain sense of self-concept that goes out there, that's erased too. 
so it's you know it's demotivating and also um they may start to resent the person who does the editing or the editing person um, that lucky person may start feeling overwhelmed frustrated targeted by a lot of like negative emotion and it's an altogether unpleasant thing so what's a solution a solution is to develop structures that allow individuals to insert their own work in sections clearly identified as pertaining to them then there's no need to try to blend or mesh the parts and the people who did a lot of work get credit for doing a lot of work and the people who did little or nothing um, are clearly identified as having done little or nothing so those, those are good things um, hope you enjoyed this those are just a few suggestions identified a few of the problems there are more which I'll be presenting later um, at, and also at that time I will be talking about the types of collaboration projects that work well so I'll, all these suggestions that I mentioned or made I will have in concrete form actualized <laughs> in examples so I hope you enjoyed this this is um, Susan Smith Nash and you've been listening to a few thoughts on e-learning thank you for your patience I um, hope to talk to you or receive an e email from you soon thanks <laughs>